Our economy is crashing. Inflation is out of control. Why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve. <laughs> They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move. Russia has joined with China. Okay. <laughs> the USA is a mess. This is not real. It's just a dream. Please, please wake up. I mean, if it, it was only that simple. Unfortunately, it is It is not a dream. Our country is just, I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But, uh, you know, I, I am I am in love with news. I, I watch it. I read it. I have a zillion apps. I spend probably more time than it's normal. But it's what I do. It's the business I'm in. I'm in the business to be an expert at everything. And so I read vociferously. I've met Steve Allen uh, a couple of times in my life and one of the most brilliant comedians, artists, renaissance men of all time. And in his book, Dump, he says, read. Every opportunity you get, you're standing at the line of the bank, read something. Uh, you're waiting for your car to get tuned up, read something. Constantly fill that brain with information and it will serve you well. And you have to know that your sources are trustworthy. And you have to look at the bias that is inherent in almost every news story that you'll read. And if you don't learn to detect the subtle bias of, say, an ABC News or a CNN News, then you are subject to being manipulated by misinformation. It's, it's just that simple. And over the, over the years, I've, I've whittled down what I can see because I don't trust once I'm this is why I, I decided to move away from Fox News. There's only maybe one or two shows that I watch. One of them is The Five, and I'm actually losing interest in that show. You know, uh, it's just I've been watching it for so long that Dana uh, Perino now looks like my aunt. Uh, anyway, but anyway, so my point is I lost trust in that media, which is one of the few outlets where at least I knew... I wasn't getting lambasted by, you know, left-wing drivel. And I started watching Newsmax. And because I know Chris Ruddy, Newsmax has been around for well over a decade. And I used to read their column and use it for prep. Because, again, it was one of the few places where I knew I would get a 700 or a 500-word news story. And it would have mainly just the facts. What that person did, the five W's, who, what, when, where, and, and, and why. And so imagine when I tune in and uh, I'm watching Newsmax today and Dershowitz, the liberal New York lawyer, is on and he's giving his summation of what he thought of the Dominion case. The Dominion case where Fox News literally handed over $787 million dollars because they had dared to disparage Dominion, the voting machine maker, during the 2020 elections. Because Fox dared to report that there may have been some discrepancies in the reporting from these polling machines. Now, you have to remember that there was a lot of, a lot of chaos. And when the election was over and Joe Biden was announced the winner... Immediately, the media went into overdrive and shut down and marginalized anybody who questioned the results of the election. 
And this is what political parties do. When one side wins, the other side says, ah, we don't believe in the results. We want proof. This was the whole reason for the January 6th insurrection. Do I need to remind everybody the story here? And when you saw, uh, you know, that mules, was it the 1,000 mules, and you see the ballot stuffing, ballot box stuffing, you see, uh, I mean, I watched the news and I could, I swear, without even anybody telling me, I knew the jig was up. Something was wrong here. It didn't make any sense that Trump, who would go out and speak before crowds of twenty to 30,000 people, day after day, week after week, people were showing up. And yet Biden did his whole campaigning from his basement. And when he did go out and when he did show up at events, hardly anybody showed up. So it was clear to me from the very beginning that something was askew, as they say. It could have been faulty voting machines. Who knows? These days, you don't know what what can be done with, you know, cyber crime and cyber theft and all these other things. It could have been. It would have been natural for Donald Trump to suggest it. Maybe we need to make sure that the voting machines are working properly because it doesn't make sense to me that this guy that nobody appears to like very much got 81 million votes, 10 more million votes than his predecessor, Obama. And Trump got more votes this time than the previous election in 2016 at 71 million, and he still lost. Now, that's just one aspect of the voting. Then there's the aspect of all the influence. We know that Mark Zuckerberg poured hundreds of millions of dollars into swaying people to get out the vote. Does that seem fair to you? That a media mogul like Mark Zuckerberg could use his influence and get millions of people to flip their vote? Or what about Twitter and a lot of the mainstream media refusing to cover the Hunter Biden story? What influence did that have on the outcome of the election? Especially when 30 to 40% of the people say that if they had known about the Hunter Biden laptop and what it said, they probably wouldn't have voted for Trump. I mean, uh, Biden. So it's not with, uh, outside of the realm of possibility that there could have been some rigging going on for the 2020 elections. That would explain how it is that Biden became victorious. And don't forget, because of COVID, the Democrats or whoever it was that I guess it was the Democrats had ruled that you could vote from home. So governors in Democratic states start up. Oh, you can do mail-in ballot, ballot uh, voting. And that, of course, opens itself to all kinds of corruption. You could have people voting for their dead grandmother. You could have people voting for their cat. You could have people selling their votes to other people. There could have been all of these things, but nobody wanted to investigate it. Because the Democrats won, and that's the way it's going to be. And anybody who questioned it is a denier. And they are a threat to the democracy. That's what we kept hearing over and over and over again. So it wasn't outside the possibility that Fox News could not have fought back against Dominion saying, hey, we're talking about the First Amendment. As a news organization, we have a right to report what other people are saying. And Donald Trump was out there. Uh, there were a lot of people out there. Uh, that female lawyer that he had, the one that was talking about um, whatever it was, it was going to be the big other shoe drop and it never happened. He had a lot of people who were saying, there's something that smells not like dog doo-doo here. But nobody, again, wanted to investigate it because they got their man in office. 
And that's the way it was going to be. And even the J6 commission hearings, again, people showing up in Washington because they're questioning the integrity of their government. And so if Fox, I think, because they withheld evidence that they knew that Dominion was probably not the reason the elections were rigged, I think that's what happened. Their lawyers withheld exculpatory evidence from Dominion's lawyers. And so, therefore, that leads... I would have to bring in Jan Gray at some point and, and ask him that. Because it sounds to me like the only reason that Dominion won this case is because the the lawyers over at Fox screwed up. And they threw the case to Dominion unwittingly. And then once they realized it, they said, well, we're going to get our asses sued... They're going to get their billion point three. And then as it turns out, the the payout of $787 million for damages, for reputational damages. And then when I find out that Newsmax is in a similar. So what Dominion has done is they've gone out to all the media companies. Anybody who has supported Trump's argument that Dominion may have had irregular voting systems. And they're suing them. They're suing him into silence. So if you're questioning the elections and we can sue you for defamation, we will. Now, I had heard a long time ago, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that there were some shady connections between Hillary Clinton and Dominion. I don't know. Can't make a for sure claim on that, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. She has she has her hands in everything. She is the devil, allegedly. Anyway, so here's what Alan Dershowitz he tries to engage with Newsmax about this John Bachman earlier today and listen to what happens and, and try to understand that the reason for this is because Newsmax is getting sued as well. So they have been forced into silence. Take a look at this. Beyond this case, I absolutely believe that the Fox settlement had something to do with Donald Trump in the sense that I think people think they can't their trial today in Delaware or in New York, if their claim or their case is in any way seen as benefiting Donald Trump or associated with Donald Trump, I just think that Trump influences the get Trump attitude, influences everything. Look, I cannot understand the Fox settlement. I've been doing this 60 years. If Dominion can show me that it was harmed one dollar I will add to that three quarters of a billion dollars. There is no way that Dominion was harmed. It was helped. Dominion's reputation was improved. Professor uh, the only that were helped uh, that were hurt were Fox. Yep. Their reputation was diminished, but Dominion wasn't hurt. Where's that seven hundred and fifty million? Professor Dershowitz, you know, obviously this is a sensitive issue here. I, you know. I appreciate your sentiments. Well, let's move on, though, from that issue, because Newsmax is still, as we indicated in that statement, oh. we still have pen. So you see there, they're, they're shut that guy down, right? Shut him down. We can't have him saying that. We might get sued. And there goes the free press. And there goes Newsmax's credibility. And that's why I had to shut it off. And now I can't watch Newsmax. What's left? I'm going to go over to the MAGA war room with Steve Bannon 24-7? I don't think so. I'll be right back. You're listening to Speaking Out, America. I'm JR, and we will continue.
The website is speakingoutamerica.com and the podcast also by the same name. And you can go to our website for all the archived podcasts. It's, it's, it's actually a lot of fun. You can flip through the articles while you're uh, listening to the podcast. You can flip over and see what's going on in news trending. It's a cool website. And guess what? It's free of advertisements. You're not going to get slammed by cookies. None of that. And that's the way it should be. That's the way news should be. Look, you know, I'm not stupid. I know that Newsmax and Fox, they have a sort of a right edge to it. But it's like I said to my kids, you've got 30 different networks and every single one of them, even inside edition. If you watch NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, Inside Edition, all of those outlets are going to give you the left perspective. That's just the way it is. They're going to tell you what they think you need to know and what's important. They will tell you about the abortion fight, but they won't tell you about what the FDA did to rush through the mifeprazone or prostone pill for the abortion. So they'll leave that part out. They'll tell you about something that Trump did, but they'll leave the other part out that is, makes it not so bad. They'll tell you about the Ukraine war, but they won't tell you about the Azov Battalion uh, and who's running eastern Ukraine. Uh, they'll tell you about the Sudan uh, war, the civil war, but they don't go into any detail. So you don't really know who the uh, pro-military factions are or even which side we're on or even why we're there. So in other words, you're basically stuck with uh, a left-leaning plethora of news that is designed to get you to think a certain way. Think about how it was during the COVID pandemic. It was pro-government lockdowns. It was pro-vaccines without, and, and even though every, you know, the thing is about this, I almost don't blame the lamestream media because it seems as if they're catering to what the audience wants. That's what it seems like to me. But in today's case with Newsmax, you know, they all but admitted we can't even cover this story now because anything that we say can be held against us. And that means that there is no free speech in our country because the lawyers now have single-handedly, uh, and they're doing it every day, the Department of Justice, in the way that they handled the, the Trump Mar-a-Lago seizing, seizing of documents, different from the way that they handled Joe Biden. And then every day is, you know, they'll tell you that They'll tell you that electric vehicles are the thing of the future. What they won't tell you is how destructive it is to to dig for the lithium and the cobalt that you need and actually how they're not very efficient. They don't do a good job at showing you both sides. So you're not going to get you're not going to get the truth. The truth died. I'm actually writing a book right now uh, and it's about how secularism is taking down the West. And in one of the chapters, we go into the truth, dying. For example, in the left-wing media, they're, uh, they're pro-youth trans. Everything that they ever report is about how trans are discriminated against, how they should be allowed to transition if they're a young kid, and that their uh, chances of suicide is three times as high if we don't allow them to. And this is all propaganda to get you to believe in a certain position. You know, they've got this very catchy commercial right now, keeping an eye on it because it's just, it's a little disturbing, but it shows a teenager uh, who, and I don't even know what, what they're promoting. I think it's 
fashion. But if you, what they have is a very attractive young lady who is transitioning to a boy. And the, the way they show that is that she's wearing the, I think it might be a shoe commercial. And they show the girl's face. She's very effeminate, except for the fact that she's growing a mustache. And she's clearly in high school because it shows her walking down this hallway at a high school. Or maybe it's middle school. Who knows? This is, this is a subtle attempt to groom you into accepting the left's narrative that it's okay to be trans. That there's nothing wrong with it. That whatever you believe in or however you came to your beliefs about transsexuality, throw it out the door. That's just one issue. Climate change is another. If you flip over to the Weather Channel, they've got this stupid new show called Pattern, and it's P-A-T-T-R-N. I guess to be cool and hip these days, you have to spell things the wrong way. And all it's about is climate change, what we're doing for climate change, and how much it's going to cost us for climate change. Great article today on PJ Media, How to Save the Planet, Use More Fossil Fuels. Because the windmills are not doing it. And and by the way, when when another billion people are added uh, to the population rolls in the next century in Africa, where's all that energy going to come from? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the media. They're not going to tell you that. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says, sustainable energy is not sustainable. But you see how it can be... Kind of sad that you lose every day. It's like you have to eliminate, you know, either an actor that I don't like anymore, a TV show that I can't watch anymore, a a singer that I thought was really cool, and now he's out there touting climate change stuff. And it's just, it's just like every day I feel like Roger Waters in the wall. I'm just putting up walls to keep out the noise that of the of the people that are trying to get me to take the blue pill. The take the blue pill, the CRT, the BLM, the Antifa, the going against capitalism, promoting socialism. This is what they seem to be all about these days. Taking the blue pill. And it's it's just the way it is. In a minute, we're going to talk to Mike Letts over the last couple of days, again, about uh, violence. The way that the media is portraying the violence in our country is that they are trying to implicate the guns. It's the guns that are causing the violence. And every time there's a shooting, there'll probably be another shooting by Thursday morning somewhere. Somewhere in the country there'll be a shooting. And they'll if there's any factor of color involved, you know which side that the... It's like this situation now with the old man who shot the the teenager where was it south carolina somewhere and the old man 87 year old white guy and this kid came knocking at his door at 10 o'clock and the man shot him and they're trying to make the the 82 year old or the 87 year old man out to be a racist just because he was protecting his property and you have all these activists that are out there demanding that this man be hauled off to jail 87-year-old man protecting his, some some stranger comes knocking. We don't know the whole extent of the story. Seems kind of odd that a teenager would go go at 10 o'clock at night to pick up his 
Maybe he was going out for dinner. Maybe he went to a movie. I don't know. The point is we don't know. Just like we don't know the motive behind Audrey Hale's shooting of that Covenant Church school in Nashville. There's more that we don't know than we do know, and that's by design. And that's why today it's the death of truth. We don't know the truth anymore. That's the sad part. They're not telling us the truth. We try to tell you the truth here in some fashion. But, you know, the voices, the cacophony of mistruths are overwhelming. We'll continue in just a moment. Speaking out America, Michael Letts on on, on deck. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. JR here. Website speakingoutamerica.com. And if you miss or you have to leave during any part of this interview with Michael Letts, then uh, you can always go to speakingoutamerica.com and you can listen to the interview in its entirety right there under podcast. And of course, on the crntalk.com network Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. And we are always glad to have Michael Letts. He is the founder and president. CEO of Invest USA. It is a national grassroots nonprofit organization that helps hundreds of communities by providing thousands of bulletproof vests for their police forces, law enforcement officers. Plus, they uh, they also offer a lot of educational, public relations material. And uh, Michael, uh, this has has not been a real good week for America. And again, it, I'm specifically talking about several shootings. We had the Alabama shooting where there was a party gone awry. Then we had uh, a husband and wife that were shot because they had a weapon and somebody was trying, the police had showed up at the wrong house. And then we have another incident where a man who thought his house was being robbed shoots the guy at the front door who went also went to the wrong address. All these things going on. And the only thing that we get from our leadership is it's a gun problem. What, uh, that is their typical response, Jim. That is their go-to answer. Uh, and, you know, you just hit on a few. I mean, of course, I get briefed, you know, hourly. I mean, we just had, you know, another mass shooting in Maine. I mean, it's just, you know, literally, it's not daily now. It's almost two or three per day that is occurring across the country. A couple of things you're seeing is people are reacting out of fear. We Literally, we have become a paralyzed nation because of one key issue that the administration refused to acknowledge is they're blaming an inanimate object. It's guns. Guns don't shoot themselves. Cars don't drive themselves. We all know that. It is an accountability issue. It is holding people accountable. Whoever heard of going to a birthday party and having four people killed uh, because of a disagreement at a party? I mean, you know, whoever heard, let's see, get even more uh, pragmatic here, Jim, of hundreds of teens pouring into the streets in Chicago, destroying property, jumping on cars, busting windshields, sending tourists and shoppers to the hospital, okay? That's how violent it got. Destroying property all over the place. And then to have their mayor-elect, remember they had just gotten rid of the current mayor because they thought crime was an issue. Yeah, Lightfoot. It wasn't being addressed. Mm -hmm. Lightfoot, Lori. Yeah. And now their new one, uh, Mayor-elect Johnson, comes out and says, whoa, 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 let's, let's not jump on these young people now. You realize they just don't have enough to do. It's not their fault. I mean, we just need to take more money away from police and put it more into social problems, give them more things to do so that they won't feel compelled to be violent. I have never, Jim, in my life heard of such idiotic, 
stupid reasoning as that coming out of a person's mouth who is now the mayor-elect. Here's what happened. Another quick point for your listeners. It was so bad in Chicago. They called out every available unit, SWAT team included, and there were a number of times when the police were outnumbered, they thought they were going to have to capitulate and back out. It was that bad. And now you have the mayor-elect saying, we're not going to bring on anybody else. We're simply going to provide, we're going to take money away from law enforcement and provide a mayor ballparks or give something for more of these young people to do. Now, it's a matter of the heart, Jim. When yeah. these people realize that there is no accountability, uh, you've only seen the tip of the iceberg. If I had any advice for people in Chicago, I'd say get out and get out now. And you saw the L.A. Uh, at that gas and go where you just had yes, throngs sure of people. They're being told that you can commit crime and get away with it, and, and the adults are not going to stop you. The, the kids are in charge, and it's uh, from school you made a point about the suddenly a, an army of young people. Uh, there was a shooting of a 54-year-old man. I don't know exactly where it was, but he thought that some man was trying to break into his house, and he shot this man. It turns out this man was a teenager who was uh, yep. allegedly picking up his nephew and niece, but he went to the wrong address. But he was probably trying to get into the house thinking, hey, I'm trying to, I mean, who knows what the circumstances, but how is it that you have an army of young people showing up demanding I, I almost feel, and i hate to use the word but i almost feel like they want a lynching but in, but well, the lynching exactly. they want is anybody who is seen as a threat to society and in this case it's a 54 year old single senior citizen i'm sorry 84 year old senior citizen just trying to protect him, himself and 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 you, you look at it Jim, from this perspective when because i've looked at the case I mean, they came to the front door. Of course, they had a, a screen porch, whatever, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. A screen door. And they, they, instead of standing back and ringing the doorbell and waiting, they grab it and swing it open in a very forceful way. Well, you know, yeah. what kind of reaction if you're, especially if you're 84 on the other side of the door, wondering 10 o'clock what at is night. going on? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I know what I'm, I'm usually I mean, heading in bed by 10 o'clock at night. So if I thought somebody, and I've got just installed some security, now at least I can see who it is. But if I had seen who it was, I might just have thought. And that's what I think the people are upset about. Because the way Correct. the media is portraying it is that this guy simply shot that kid because he was black and because he was a racist and assumed that that young black youth was trying to break into his house. If that was the case, then that man had every right to defend himself. That's the key. The problem is they and don't like actions, it. Jim his actions by starting. When you grab a door forcefully and you jerk it open, uh, I, I don't know where you learn that from, but that's usually a sign of aggression. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think I agree with you. I think the, the young people today, they feel like they live in a world without rules. The rules are not clear. Uh, the, you know, anybody who's ever been a parent, if you allow your children to run your house, you will have a nightmare on your hands. You will have chaos in your house. And nowadays, I bet parents feel like if they try to restrain their children or discipline them, they're going to get hauled off to jail for, for child abuse. So we've created and this problem. They have, that, yeah, they have that reason to fear that. We as a government have given them the reason to feel that way. How tragic. It is tragic. And then the case of the, the couple, uh, uh, another case. Did you get the report on that where this couple, uh, again, police showed up? Wrong address. Uh, the the man was armed when he came to the door. The cops saw the man. Saw the man. Why did the cops react so quickly 
to the man with an arm? Did he actually shoot them? He, yeah, he drew. Now that he was his fired. mistake. But again, he was thought he was. He didn't know who was out there. It's just it's a crazy world we live in, Michael. It is a crazy world. See, two two issues, and you know me. I'm going to tell it like it is. Yeah. Um, law enforcement did not follow the proper procedures in identification when they came there. Okay, they were anxious. Thought they had uh, an armed suspect. They were concerned. They were on edge. They reacted without following protocol. And quite frankly, the person on the other side of the door didn't give enough time for protocol either. So, you know, I mean, uh, but it comes down to what you are alluding to, Jim. We have developed, because of procedures and policies, fear in this country to where there are no uh, consequences for actions. People are running wild. People are scared. And when people are scared, they react. They don't think. And that's what you're seeing happen. You know, it's interesting. You, are you aware of what the Guatemalan president has done to battle crime in his country? I am not. I have not heard this from you. Basically, they built a, a huge prison that can house 20,000 prisoners. And then they uh, went around and rounded up all the, anybody who was suspected of dealing drugs, had any association with a cartel. And he put all these people in in this prison, and it's a, it's very it's a maximum security prison with twenty thousand. Can you imagine a prison with twenty thousand gangsters? And guess wow. what? The crime went down in Guatemala. People are coming out of their houses. They're having birthday parties again. And do you know what our administration has done? They are sanctioning what? them for human rights violations. They're sanctioning. Isn't that amazing? Here's a here's a man who's and has actually curbed. Uh, immigration here because there are less people now fleeing to escape the cartels and our our government doesn't like that idea and that's the problem we don't want to fight criminals because of this attitude that everybody's good deep down and if you just give them a chance they'll re rehabilitate themselves and we know that all of this is a lie tell you what michael can you hang on for a little bit longer sure. we want to talk to you on the other side invest usa uh, ceo and founder uh, Michael Letts here on Speaking Out America, and we'll continue in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We are speaking out, America. My guest this segment is Michael Letts. We're talking about what's going on in our country. It is out of control. The, the criminals have taken over the insane asylum. Left is right, right is left, up is down, down is up. You know that I ran across some interesting uh, statistics. Last time you were on, I, I had sort of proposed the idea that maybe much of the violence that we see in our country right now is due to mental health issues not so much that people need more drugs but perhaps maybe that too many people are on drugs and in creating psychotic disorders and i i ran uh, i ran some statistics uh what was it 34 million adults in the united states uh take an antidepressant that represents 12.7 percent of the u.s population 18 and older 
the amount of money that Pfizer makes every year from its top selling drugs, including Zoloft, and there's another one, uh, Lyrica, $41.9 billion in revenue. California spends $16 billion, no, uh, $16 billion. That's nearly a fourth of its state budget treating people with mental illness, which means they're giving them drugs or they're getting them off of drugs with other drugs. It, it's just, this is the sad state of mental health in America. And, and it's no wonder that you have these, everything from depression, anxiety, psychotic disorders, people aren't leaving their homes. Just saw a video the other day, Michael, of this middle-aged woman being beaten by nine or 10 kids in New York City for no reason. Right. It's, it's like watching beasts in the jungle take down a, a you know an animal what's the difference and they're enjoying there is it. no difference what what do we have what are we what are we doing how can we fix well, this? I will tell you, I will tell you this and we just got off of a show and the question has has raised what well, what can we do or is it hopeless it is not hopeless there are two things that need to happen immediately and the first and foremost both of these things are contingent are we, the American people, getting engaged and doing it now? What are the two things that we need to get engaged to do? First of all, we have a corrupt judicial system. It is two-tiered. It's corrupt. It can no longer be depended upon to provide justice. The only way we're going to be able to deal with the people who are in charge of the corrupt system is we have to have a military tribunal. That's what we're sworn to do. The time has come for the military to step in and to have a military tribunal and bring people to justice for accountability. We have to get that done. Second thing that we have to do is, and this all has to tie in together, Jim, is I tell people this, it's time that we, the American people, take back our country. What do I mean by that? You know, we have programs in every area. Police chiefs have them. Sheriff's departments have them. State governments have them. State government's called the militia. The uh, sheriff's department is called reserve deputies. Police officers is called reserve police officers. We need to be calling every one of our council members, every one of our elected officials and saying, do you have that program? Which quite frankly, nine out of 10 do. You need to reinstitute it. I'm willing to volunteer two hours, five hours a week, two hours a month, whatever it is. I want to be trained. I'm willing to help protect and defend my community. If you get the American people to suddenly come out in mass and determine they will become reserve officers, reserve deputies. They will go out and volunteer their time to provide security for their area. You will see a 180-degree turnaround overnight, and that's the only thing we're going to be able to do to bring it in in a quick manner. Somebody asked, if you were in charge, would you not bring in more officers? Yes, but it takes time to bring people through the academy, time for graduates, et cetera, recruiting, et cetera. Right now, there are programs available that we can engage the American citizen in their community to immediately let them see what's going on, let them be a part of protecting and defending their their liberties and their freedoms, and that's what it's going to need for the American people to turn this country around. You know, you bring up a good point. It reminds me of the fact that, you know, when we got rid of the draft, and I was never a big fan of the draft because we have a government that likes to start wars everywhere it possibly can. Yes. And that's always a bad proposition. But on the other hand, what I like about the military is that when you're 18 to 20 years old, I've got a 23-year-old a man and, and uh, a son. And I tell you, he's got all the energy and vigor that you could. He's at the prime of his life. And I imagine we have a sea of young 18 to 24-year-old men 
who literally have nothing to do. What about bringing Correct. back? And if you put them in the military, uh, they, first of all, they're taught they're taught team. They're taught about n- not the individual but the team, uh, and they're also taught about patriotism and the the privilege it is in, in protecting your country, and it, it instills good values. So what's what's wrong with maybe rethinking that and bringing back the draft one so that we can bolster our military in case there's a confrontation with Russia or China, but two, just to instill a sense of purpose in our young people, because it, it seems to me that they, they have no purpose. They don't know what no, they're supposed exactly to do. right, Jim. And here's the scary part about it. Last year, we missed our recruiting efforts by 25%. Oof. It's projected to be worse this coming year, almost 30 to 35%. That's not We good. cannot sustain our military at this rate. It's going, we're, we're losing our status as a world country, a uh, world leader very quickly. Now, the, back to your suggestion, though, which I like, but some aspects of it are it would just make us even a more mili- militarized country. We would basically be living in a police state because we would have everybody involved. In, and then you open up the possibility that someone goes rogue and they're they're you know, perhaps they're serving their community. And you know how people are. They they tend to take power and they and they turn around and start forcing it on other people. So there's always that. So how do we make sure and, that we don't become a police state? And there is that. And, and, and what we have to look at, we have to, we have to balance it, uh, quite frankly, Jim. Right now, when you look at what we've got and, you know, active shootings two, three times a day, uh, yes, you are on the risk of some people uh, going off the ranch, shall we say, involved in this program. What you're limited as to how many hours you schedule it, as to how many uh, hours that they're volunteering. And then, quite frankly, you uh, you just have to monitor your people. I mean, you very quickly, because remember, you don't just throw them out there. You put them out with our active law enforcement. Not they very solo, quickly yeah. come, can come back and say, you know, Jim, I've, I've, I've got this volunteer, and I'm looking at him, and I, I don't think he's quite exactly material that we would want on the street. So why don't you put him on an administrator somewhere, help him uh, yeah. repair cars or do something. You have to control the programs, but quite frankly, we're at a stage now, if we don't do something, Jim, we're not going to have anything to control. Well, at least we could do something to bolster the border because the border is, it would solve a lot of problems if we could get that under control, which this president seems like he's not willing to do or deal with, and it's unfortunate. What did you think of the, uh, just your, I was interested in asking this one, I knew you were going to be on the program, but what did you think of the way that the law enforcement took down that airman and outside of Boston, the one who was in the chat room spreading documents of, you know, U.S. military operations, forgetting about him for a moment, did it seem a little heavy-handed to see nine people show up in a Hummer tank? There's no question. Uh, Why did they do All the personnel vehicles. Not only was it heavy-handed, but I go a step further, and this is what I have told, because I've been doing shows all across the country on this. Uh, Let's talk about the documents that he was exposing and who they tie into, what policies they tie into the administration. We're concerned about the national security documents. We're not concerned about what they were. Um, And quite frankly, when you look at them, you'll begin to see a pattern that this administration has ties with everything that's going on there. And when I say ties, I'm talking about Hunter Biden. So uh, let's, you, you, you came in heavy handed for one reason to make a statement, to make a point. Yeah. Not because of the issues, because you're not talking about the documents themselves because you don't want to talk about it because they're an embarrassment because quite frankly, they're an embarrassment to the administration. Yeah. Because there are tie-ins with the administration they don't want you to know about. So uh, you've got to be, you're exactly right. They came in heavy-handed for a reason 
And quite frankly, they're doing that on a number of things. They're trying to make sure we don't have freedom in this country anymore. By the way, earlier when I was telling you about the Central American country, I just want to correct myself. It wasn't uh, Guatemala. It was El Salvador where this is Correct. going on. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but again, it kind of goes back to what we're saying is until we're, I, I, I don't understand what mayor Adams is thinking. I don't understand what, uh, what's the woman, uh, bass in Los Angeles is thinking. They, it's, it's just, they've lost control. I, 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 I grew up in Compton and I know what Compton was like in 1975 and it wasn't safe then. Uh, and the sheriffs there have have been shown to be. In fact, I've read that they have their own little gangs now within the sheriff's department. And uh, but I feel that the reason they had to do that is because things are so out of control. Because their their hands are being tied. They're not being allowed to enforce the law. And this is this is the we're, we're getting desperate. That's what it is. We're getting desperate. And I'll tell you something else, Michael. And I know that you can attest to this. But it would be frightening to be in law enforcement. I mean, you have a target on your back. You, you can't, I don't even know how these people could possibly, what do you do when you see somebody that is coming at you with a gun or a knife? You shoot them and then face the wrath of your community afterwards? How can you possibly fight law enforcement when you've always got that in the back of your head? And that only exacerbates the problem that we're seeing on the streets and part of why we're seeing such criminality because the criminal knows that the police officer might just let them go. And, and Gavin Newsom wants to be the president of the United States. You imagine with, with him in the Oval Office, it'll be like, just like Biden for another four years. Anyway, uh, Michael, always a pleasure. Invest USA. Is it USA.org or you uh, invest USA.com? Like, it's dot org. Dot org. We'll have you on again soon. Thanks for your insight. We really appreciate everything that you do, Michael. And don't forget that you can hear this podcast anytime at speakingoutamerica.com and follow us online as well, speakingoutamerica.com. Michael Letts, a man who's put his life on the line for Americans. We thank him for stopping by. And until next time, JR here. Be safe. This is Speaking Out America with JR. Join us online at speakingoutamerica.com.